morning we are in Joshua chapter 2. We are looking at uh, what I've entitled the message as uh, Recon for Success or Reconnaissance for Success. In Joshua chapter 2, that's um, where we will spend our time this morning. Let me read the passage for us and uh, we will dive in, so to speak. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men, two spies, secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. That was their mission. That, that was the, the, the reason that he sent them was for them to view the land, especially this city, Jericho. And they went. And came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. Lie. Verse 5. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I don't know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But... She had brought them up on the roof and hid them in the stacks of flax that she had laid in in order on the roof. So so the men, these are soldiers from Jericho, they pursued after them on the way to the Jordan, so as far as the fords. And the gates were shut soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land, they melt away before you. For we, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who are beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and to Og, who you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in the heavens above and on earth beneath. Now then, please, swear to me by the Lord that as, as, you dealt, uh, as I have dealt kindly to you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and will give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. 
Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. The men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his head and we shall be guiltless. But If a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. She said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned and the pursuers searched all along the way and they found nothing. Then the two men returned. and They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly, truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. And also all the inhabitants of the land, they melt away because of us. Let's pray. Father, I bow, God, I ask for you to speak. Father, there is no way for me or for any other man to open a heart. Only you can. But that is what you do. You open hearts. You change hearts. You draw people unto yourselves because that is your desire that none would perish but that all would know you and come to everlasting eternal life. Fathers, we look at this passage. It it happened thousands of years ago. God, it would be easy for us to just look at it as a historical fact of how they prepared to go and battle at Jericho. But Father, it is for us today. It is fresh. It is alive. It is new. It is for me. It is for River Bend. It is for every man, every woman, every child in this room. For us to understand and see you at work in and through individuals. God, Your desire to be working in and through me and in and through every single one of us. So Lord, would you speak? Would you speak to us individually and Father, would you speak to us as a body? I ask it in Christ's name, amen. It must have been strange. It must have been so strange for all the men of battle to come around the corner, to come up over the hilltop and to see a huge balloon up in the air. 
It was tied down, but this huge balloon was way up in the sky. It was above the trees, and it was there, and it looked as if there was a basket of some sort underneath that balloon, and there looked to be a number of people in that basket. The year is 1794. The the place where this occurred is in the French countryside and there is an Austrian army that is coming to battle against Napoleon. Napoleon is the greatest emperor of his day and he has come up with this idea. I need to know what the other army is doing. So therefore, he put his men up in a balloon so that they could have some recon. Reconnaissance, what is it? It is military observation of a region to locate an enemy or to ascertain strategic features of an area, a place, or a people. And so Napoleon set set men up in this balloon so that they could see, all right, here's what the Austrian army is doing right now. They're sending a battalion to their left. They're sending another battalion, no, two battalions to their right. And they are coming at us from three different directions so he could know how to go into battle. Reconnaissance today is vital. It was vital in Joshua's day. It was vital with Napoleon. It is vital today. It's it's done today with national informants. It's done with foreigners who are just in a land. I remember going into a country in the Middle East in 2002. And um, I went into the country... For one purpose, I went into Syria for one purpose, and that was to uh, um, bring the gospel to a number of pastors there, to strengthen them, to help them, and to teach them. And so we were there. There was four of us, excuse me, there were three of us that were Americans, uh, one missionary um, in that region, another pastor, and myself. And we were there for four days, and uh, we had left. Lebanon went across the border into Syria, stayed in Damascus for a couple of days, and about the second day, we saw two guys. Everywhere we went, they went. It seemed as if when we were sitting at a cafe, these guys would position themselves, one of them would position themselves with a camera and would take the other person's picture, the other guy's picture, but we would be in the picture. And so we left there, and we went somewhere else, and guess what? These two guys showed up, and they took their picture, but we were in the picture. About the third time that happened, the missionary, uh, you know, I'm from North Mississippi. I know diddly squat about how all this is. And he's like, we got to go. And I was like, okay. And he was like, no, we got to go now. I don't know what's going on here. And so we had to cut our trip short because these guys were everywhere we went and they were taking picture after picture after picture. Now, you know, that didn't keep me awake at night until last night. No. But I was thinking, you know, these guys, I don't know who they were, 
But these guys would take pictures and if they were, had an ulterior motive, if it wasn't just that they were doing that, what they were doing is they were taking pictures of possible people who were infiltrating this closed country. Joshua sent two guys into this country. And as he sent two guys into this country, his task for them was very plain and very simple there in verse number 1 of chapter 2. He sent these two men. He said this, Go view the land, especially Jericho. Go do some recon, especially of, of all the land, but especially of this one city. city. Uh, the first point this morning for you and for me is this. Reconnaissance allows you It allows me to understand the mission that's at hand. They had to understand the mission. Their mission was simple. Go view the land, especially Jericho. And so they went. And they went inside this city wall. We read it there in the first portion of chapter 2. They went inside this city wall. They, they were sent to spy out the land. They were sent to spy out the people. They were sent to spy out the traits, the numbers, the culture, so to speak, so that one thing would occur. They would gather information. They would bring it back to Joshua, and Joshua would then use that to bring destruction to Jericho. Joshua needed to know, as the general of the Israelites, he needed to know, all right, how can we go into battle against these people? It is vital for us to know this. It is vital for us to gather information about this land. It is vital for us to gather information about this people, about this terrain, about this culture just as it was for Israel. Because when Israel went and attacked, they would know best how to defeat this foe. Do you know how to defeat the foe that you are up against? These two spies had a, had a very easy mission in front of them. Hey, go into the land, get this information, and come back and tell me about it. Do you know what your mission is? I know somewhat what you're thinking. It probably wouldn't have been my thought to go and lodge and stay at Rahab's house. When I read that this week and I was thinking about a fresh and a new, why in the world do you go to the prostitute's house? And I thought, what better place to go? What better place to figure out how this people, how these at Jericho, how they live, what happens. Other people were coming there. She was probably not one who was going to go blab at all the folks who came to her house or she would lose all her clientele. Therefore, she would be without a job. Therefore, she would not be able to support her family. Therefore, she would not live very long. And so they go. 
And God is already beginning to work in her heart. As these two foreigners, as these two Israelites, as these two spies come with this mission to find out who, what, how, all this ticks. They knew what their mission was. And they were obeying their orders as well as fulfilling their mission. A couple of passages of scripture just to kind of draw us in as to a part of our mission. As to a part of what you and I are to be about. Both of these come from passages in scripture. I think one will be on the screen if you don't have a copy of God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 6. A part of your mission, a part of my mission is very similar to those in Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Your mission, my mission, love the Lord your God with everything that you've got. With all your um, heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And also do this. These words that I command you today, that you should love God with everything, you need to put them on your heart. You need to teach them diligently to your kids. And you should talk about them when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking outside by the way, when you're lying down in your house, and when you get up. That doesn't leave much room for you not to talk about them, Brian. When you're sitting in your house, when you're walking outside, when you're lying down or when you're rising up, that's pretty much 24 hours a day. That's pretty much wherever I'm going. That's pretty much everything that I'm to be about. I'm supposed to be talking about God and his commands. You shall bind them. Just, just to make sure you keep them around. Put them on your hand. Put them right between your eyes. Put them on your doorpost. So that when you're going in or you're coming out. You'll see them. Some of the men are going through a study. Out of Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12. Uh, we meet on Wednesday mornings, and every time we meet, we've been reading through this passage. We've been listening and entertaining thoughts, questions, uh, a message from this passage. And it's a part of your mission, and it's a part of my mission. Put yourself in this place. As Paul wrote to the believers in Rome, he said, I appeal to you. I appeal to you. I, I appeal to you. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You present your bodies holy. You present your bodies acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't look just like the world. But be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, Paul says, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, individually members one of another. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to your faith, if service in in your serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. You and I are on a mission for you in here who serve back there other weeks than this week. Let me tell you the same thing that I told all those that are serving back there right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for using your gift that God has given you to serve His body. Not everybody can be an elbow. Not everybody can be an eye. Not everybody can be a knee. We need every single person to be about the mission so that we can get the mission accomplished. You are on this mission. I am on this mission. And when you and I understand this reconnaissance that we are to be about, we see this mission. Paul understood it. Paul understood it because in Philippians chapter 1, he writes this as he is in chains. He says, this, for this I know. I know that through your prayers, I know that through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that all of this will turn out for my deliverance. That through your prayers and that through the Spirit of Jesus Christ, these chains that are around my arms and my legs that are keeping me right here, I'll be delivered from it. How is he going to be delivered? As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body. How is he going to be delivered? Check these words out. Whether by death or by life. Paul was at a point in his life understanding the mission that he was about that he was like, you know what? Maybe the end. It may be the end. But that's okay. It's either by death or by life. For to me to live is Christ. And for me to die, it's really gain. Verse 21 states, if I am to live on in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for you. Excuse me, for me. Yet which I shall choose. I I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed. It's a tough decision between the two. If I want to live here and keep on ministering to you guys, or if I want to go and be with Jesus. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that's far better. It it is. Even though there's this terrible action that has to come about, it is better if he were to die and be with Christ. But verse 24 but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. I know that I will continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming to you again. Brian, you are all over the map this morning. Here's the deal. You're on a mission. Paul was on a mission. Those two spies were on a mission. The reason 
you're here this morning is because you're on a mission. The reason I'm here this morning is because I'm on a mission. Live today understanding here is the mission. Live today as one who is doing recon. Live today sent, knowing that you're not your own, that you are His, bought with a price. Reconnaissance. Second, success. Success here means that you remain faithful in your mission. Success for them was that they were to remain faithful, that they were to obey, that they weren't to look to the left or to the right, but they were to be about this mission. These two spies go into this foreign land, to this foreign culture. They find themselves, I'm sure, in a home where there were not much clothing. And it could have been extremely easy for them to look to the left or to the right and for them to get off track, but they continue steadfast in their mission. But not just the mission that Joshua and the Lord gave them, but you look at the second half of this passage and you see that there was a second mission that if they were going to succeed in their first, they had to obey their second. All right, If they were going to succeed in bringing information back to Joshua, then they had to trust what Rahab said. What did Rahab say? Rahab said, all right, if you want to live, You won't go directly back across the Jordan. If you want to live, you're going to go up into the hills for three days until the pursuers come back into the gates, and then you can go down, and then you can cross over the Jordan. Then you can go back and finish your mission. The guy said, okay, but understand this. There is no blood guiltiness on us if you don't do what we have agreed upon. She sent the warriors in a different direction so that they could go to the hills. She let them down out of her window, down by a cord, so that they could get out of the city because the gates were closed. She is a part of this mission, and she, just like them, had to remain faithful. Do you know that you're on this mission This week I was thinking about this, spending some time with some other pastors and uh, spending some time in the Word, and I was thinking, you know what, we're all about this mission, and some of us are focused on it, some of us are not focused on it, some of us understand what the next step is, some of us are having a hard time with the step that we are on at this moment, and whether it's physical, whether it's uh, mental anguish, whether it's, it's spiritual attack that is coming upon us, God has all of us in play. And He desires for you and for me to be like these in this passage. Okay, I will do it. If that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. If you want me to stay in the stack of flax for a while, I'll do it. If you want me to go up to the hills for a few days, I'll do it. If you want me to work my way silently, scared to death because there is an enemy that is so close to me that can smell me, I'll do it. They were willing. Would you, would I be willing and faithful? 
because that is success. Success is being faithful in the midst of the mission. Third point, I want to kind of draw it all together and close it this morning. Third point is this. Soldiers. Those two spies those that went out to pursue them, soldiers, those that were going to come in chapter 6, as we'll see uh, in the coming weeks, who are going to come and be in the midst of the battle. Soldiers that I'm talking to in black chairs seated in front of me this morning. Soldiers are held accountable for all their actions in the field. They're held accountable for everything. These two spies went into enemy territory. These two spies spent the night behind enemy lines. These two spies, I'm sure, were tempted. They were tempted to do things that they were not supposed to do. They were tempted to fall into things that they knew they need not to be in. They were tempted to tuck, tail, and run when they needed to remain. Yet these guys stayed the course. But you and I need to understand something. Just because the mission is something that is needed. You and I can't say I can do whatever I want. Because the end justifies the means. It's not the case. You and I had to stay the course. We have to stay the course for today. Confession time for me. I got that this week. I got that on Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning as I was back in my office. I was back in my office and, I, and I, you, it's still on the board today. I wrote out this sermon and I, and I got that. That the end doesn't justify the means. You've got to stay the course, Brian. I've got to stay the course on Tuesday. I've got to stay the course on Thursday. And I was sitting in my house yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, as um, I love to do when there's no other Tillman at my house. I sit there in the dark. And the only light that is on is whatever screen I'm looking at. And I had the glorious time to look at two screens at the same time. I was watching a show on Netflix with the sound up, and I was watching a football game with the sound off. And I was doing both of them at the same time, and it was great. And about halfway through the show and about a quarter way through the football game, I thought, I forgot the mission. I'm so engrossed in the things of this world that I've totally forgot the mission. And I'm not saying don't watch football or don't watch Netflix. I haven't cut either of those subscriptions, but I'm not saying not do it either. Not not do it either. I don't know what grips you to get you unfocused on the mission, but we must remain on mission. We must. They stayed true to the task. I know that God wants you. I know that God wants me engaged in the mission. He wants to use you. He wants to use me to magnify His name at school, where you teach, where you go, where we work. 
He, he wants you to be engaged in the person that comes across your desk, comes across your line in Walmart, comes across your fence to talk to you. He wants us engaged. Don't just pray that God would send somebody to speak to your neighbor or speak to your son or your daughter or to speak to your friend or your coworker, your boss. Pray that God would give you that opportunity. I don't stand up here and tout different applications in our technological advanced world. But there are two that I've getting to use, and there are two that have allowed me an ease to be engaged here the last few weeks. And they are in two areas that I need to be engaged, and I need help. Maybe you don't, but I do. And so I want to talk to you about these two apps that you can get on either Android or iPhone if you have a smart device. If you have a dumb device, you're going to do it with pen and paper. Here they are. The first is Life on Mission. Life on Mission is um, an app that's about three circles. And there's a demonstration there. And uh, it, let me just walk you through it. If you go and you try to get this app, it's Life on Mission. There's the first. It's God's design. He, he designed you. He, he designed this world. And there is a specific design that he put into place, but there was a problem, and that problem is sin, and it brings about in you and in me brokenness, and we try our very best, and there you can, you get the app, you see all the zigzag lines that are coming out of brokenness in the second circle, and we try every single different direction, every way of our own to get back to him, but we fall short, we miss the mark. And all he wants is for you and for me to understand the gospel. And the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for you and died for me. And if you would accept that, his payment for you and for me, that would bring us back to repentance. That would bring us back to rescue. That would bring us back to God's design. It's a way that in, I think I just took about a minute and a half. It's a way that you can sit across the table with a server, with a friend, co-worker, and just share the gospel. The second is a, a prayer app that uh, is called Echo. Brand new. And it sends reminders, just like a text message. You get a beep, and I look at my phone, and I've already put in 14 different prayer requests, or 27 prayer requests, and it brings up one. And uh, it comes up randomly. And uh, Mr. Allen, this morning at 8 o'clock, it was set. There's five times during the day, I believe, that I have it set. And there was one that said, pray for Chris and for him to understand and the doctors to understand what's wrong. And it just keeps going. There's requests there for you, for my family, for River Bend. And five times a day, it gives me a reminder to pray. You and I oftentimes I think that we're so caught up in this life that we forget why we're here. The reason that you and I are here is to advance the name of the king. 
the reason that we're here is not is not to find ourselves trying to be so enamored with this world that we have everything that the world has to offer that we go wherever the world goes that we have all the comforts of this world and of this culture that we the reason that we're here is that we're to be on mission I close with a passage that Paul wrote to the people at Ephesus and I pray that you would be reminded of this as they were finally be strong in the Lord Be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We put a parenthesis there because if you understand that your own mission and you go about to fulfill that mission, you will find the enemy. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not against your boss, your co-worker, your spouse, your child, your brother, your sister, your friend, your neighbor. It's not that person that you're wrestling against. That's not the enemy. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand and to withstand in that evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as for uh, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace and in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. And praying at all times in the Spirit, pray with Supplication. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Father, we need to hear this word because we need to engage in the battle. Father, we need to hear this word because those that know you Father, those that know you as Lord and Savior, those who are called son and daughter of the King. God, I need to be reminded, we need to be reminded that we are on a mission. Father, that this world is not my home, that the toys, the things, the comforts, God, that we wouldn't be conformed, but we would be transformed. Father, for those that are here in this place this morning that don't know you, God, would you show them that the enemy has them in his grip? 
that they are serving a master and it is Satan of old? And that you love them so very much. God, would you put on my eyes, would you put on our eyes, the stark difference of what it is for one who loves you and knows you and one who is going to die and spend an eternity away from you. Father, would I know that you destroyed Jericho so that everyone would see how great you are. That you are the only answer. That you are over all. And it is by your power, it is by your might, it is by your grace, it is by your mercy that you desire. You desire for us to see you, to know you, to experience that love. Father, I need I needed this morning, I needed yesterday, last night to be reminded. That you're drawing me. That you desire to use me. God, I believe we needed to hear this morning that you desire to use us today, tomorrow. So Lord, I pray that in this time of response, in this time of invitation, that you would move. God, tear down the barriers, tear down the walls, tear down the strongholds, because it is in the name of Jesus that you are greater. It is in the name of Jesus that you rule and reign supreme. And because he died, because he was buried, because he rose again, and we serve a risen Savior. God, you conquered death. Would you move in my heart? Would you move in our hearts as we stand and as we sing? Sir, the invitation is for you this morning. Ma'am, it is for you. May you be reminded afresh and anew what God has for you. Let's stand. You come. If you need to pray with me, I'll be more than happy to. The altar is open. You just obey this morning.